Today on Maranatha Radio, Pastor Ray Bentley brings us a lesson on the importance, the appropriateness of honoring God. The truth of the matter is all of us would treat a multi-multi-billionaire who is our friend very carefully. All right, take this flawed human analogy and now multiply billions into Almighty God. Should we not treat Him differently? Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. The song, God Save the King, is played to honor the King of England. Hail to the Chief is played to honor the President. In church, we sing praises to honor God. But how do we honor Him as we live out our daily lives? That's what we'll discuss today as Pastor Ray continues our studies in the Gospel of Luke. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16. Jesus is going to tell a very interesting and unusual story. So we'll look at the first 13 verses. Jesus gives an example, a parable, of an unjust steward. And yet something about this unjust steward that he commends to us. We're going to talk about honor. There is a commandment that talks about, uh, well, the first commandment, to honor uh, the one true God. And in the Ten Commandments, there is the uh, commandment to honor your father and mother. It's where we begin to learn the idea of honor. And the Hebrew word for honor comes from uh, a word that means heaviness, weight. C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite writers. He wrote a book called The Weight of Glory. And the idea is that that which is, and this is a spiritual principle and a spiritual truth, that which is of heaven and divine, real, reality and truth is deeply, it's heavy. Now, we use a little bit of that language ourselves when we talk about, man, that guy is so heavy. You know, that dude's heavy, man. He's got a heavy presence, you know. And what, you know, now it's true, I'm a pastor, and so I have peers. There's over a thousand uh, of my brothers who are fellow pastors within Calvary Chapel. And, you know, we're all equally pastors and shepherds before the Lord, right? But then there is what we would call our pastor, who is Pastor Chuck Smith. Now, he is a shepherd and with the same calling uh, and anointing, uh, you know, that each one of the pastors and shepherds would have. But because of his years of experience and because of how God has used him, and um, we honor him with a greater and deeper respect. We listen to what he says. He has a, there's a great weight to what he says. And, you know, it, the Bible says that, that heaviness, think about God, the honor that he is deserving of is this weight, this heaviness of his presence, that you bow before him. You bow before his honor and before his glory. And the idea even of tithing is paying homage to the heaviness of the glory of God. 
Now the truth of the matter is everybody tithes, whether they realize it or not. Um, the tithe is the first. It's the first of all that you have and all that you live off of. And people are taught to honor or tithe unto the Lord. To give him, they were to give him the best. It's not like a lot of people, you know, they, they take the best for themselves. And then when they've taken all the best for themselves in their house, they put all the stuff that's used, kind of worn out and out in the garage. Well, should we throw it away or should we maybe, you know, give it to the church? Uh, it's kind of the last, you know, place that maybe they can use it and give it to the poor people or whatever. The idea in scripture was that you give God the first and the best. You give him, out of all the flock, you give him the best lamb. You give him the one without spot or blemish. You give him the most prized possession, the first. And that's what the idea of, of tenth is, that honoring the Lord with that tenth. Now, the children of Israel were taught by God to honor the heaviness of the glory of God. And by that tithe, God said, I will use you as a light. You are my light to the nations around you. I will literally transform not only the land of promise, but I'll transform all the culture around you. I will transform them by your light, by your example, by your love, by the spiritual uh, life that you have, the blessing, the, the fellowship, the strength of your marriages, uh, the way that your children honor you and love you. And, and by this, the world will know that I am the one true God. And through that tithe, the culture would be changed. But Israel did not always honor the Lord. And they began honestly tithing to other gods and other ways and other practices and other religions and all the rest. If we looked at our modern society, I think we would say that our culture tithes, but in many ways we tithe more maybe to Hollywood than we do to the Lord. And what's interesting is that that tithe is still transforming culture, but it's not transforming it in the way that would bring honor to our Father and to the heaviness and the weight of His glory. If the body of Christ would honor the Lord with His glory and with His weight and with His first portion, as it were, God would give and supply above and beyond all we could ask, hope, think, dream, or imagine, and it would literally transform our culture. There would be no poor or hungry or needy. God's design from the beginning was that through His people, the culture would be transformed. When you come in contact with a person, let's say that um, we, in fact, the idea of when you curse someone, uh, the Hebrew word behind that means light. Uh, and, and the idea means I give you no weight. You, you, are, you, you weigh nothing. What you say is like blown away like chaff in the wind. It is light. It has no substance. It has no heaviness. And that's the idea of a curse. You have nothing of lasting value that will remain because of its weight, substance, and reality. So blessing comes from honoring, the heaviness of honoring the Lord and honoring God with all that you have. It's interesting now that the Lord will tell this parable because there are ways that even religion can manipulate uh, their religion in such a way that they are still loving money and kind of tithing to their own d dreams and desires without really honoring the Lord. That's what was happening by the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, 2,000 years ago. 
They, they were giving lip service, but they were not really honoring the Lord. Jesus had now many disciples, both men and women, publicans, sinners, tax collectors, uh, harlots, Pharisees, Sadducees, all gathered around him. He's been stunning every audience he has before. No one can deny the power and the glory, the weight of his words is evidenced by people being healed and blind eyes seeing and deaf ears being opened and the dumb being able to speak and the lame to walk and the dead to be raised. His weight came by the reality and substance that he taught with. So with this background in mind, let's read through the first nine verses of Luke chapter 16. He, Jesus, also said to his disciples, so he's teaching his disciples, but there are many who are eavesdropping on, in on the conversation. And here's the story that Jesus now tells. There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do for my master is taking the stewardship away from me? I cannot dig, I can't dig ditches, my hands are too soft, I'm ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, he gets an idea that when I am put out of the stewardship, in other words, when I get fired, because he's doing an audit, and he's gonna find out I've been embezzling him, so I'm losing my job, he says, I've got an idea so that they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him, and he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, cut it in half, and write 50. And so the guy did. And then he said to another, and how much do you owe my master? And so he said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill right now and write 80. Cut the top 20% off if you do it right now. And so he did. So the master commended the unjust steward because he was, had dealt shrewdly or wisely. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, Jesus said, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Now let's stop there for just a moment. There are several things to notice about this. First of all, if you follow along in your notes, everything the servant possessed belonged to his master. Every resource that he had belonged to his master. And so now he's been embezzling on the one hand and he's been wasting his master's goods on the other hand. He's, he's been wasting it. Now the application here is very, very simple and very clear for you and I. Everything physically, materially that you and I own actually belongs to who? Belongs to the Lord. And he has simply made us stewards or managers over those resources. A lot of people have the idea that this is my money and I'm giving God 10% or the tithe or the offerings of my money. No, that's not really the case. God owns 100% of everything that you have. 
He not only owns all of your money and all of your you know, resources and all that's in your savings and all that's in your checking account and all that's in your retirement and a home or if you have a car, he owns your body. You were bought, as we saw First Peter, you were bought with a price, purchased, not redeemed even with gold and silver, but with the precious blood of the Messiah. May I say, as the Bible declares, every breath you take one by one is owned by the Lord. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. Pastor Ray was such a devoted servant of the Most High God and is now in the presence of his best friend and Savior, Jesus Christ. He ran the race and finished the course set before him. My love to the Bentley family and to Maranatha Ministries. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website, www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Psalm 24, verse 1 is in your notes. Let's read this scripture out loud together. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Now look at that scripture. What is the Lord's? The earth's. And what else? The fullness of everything in the earth. And then to make it more clear, that means the world. And not only the world is the Lord's, but all they that dwell therein, animals, plants, men, and women, are the Lord's. So it leaves nothing out. Everything is the Lord's. So the Lord allows you and I the opportunity, the privilege of overseeing that which belongs to him. He is constantly watching us to see how we are doing with the stewardship, the management of what he has given to us. But more importantly, from this story, of what Jesus is trying to get across, not only to the disciples, but to the very listening ears of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He holds you and I responsible for what we do with what he has given to us while it is in our care. And there's a day of accountability. There's a day coming where we must give an account. If you wanna put it in financial terms, there's a big audit coming. The audit will include how I have used every gift, every resource, every material blessing, and he's looking at it as how did you use my blessings, my gifts, my resources that I loaned to you? Did you use them for yourself or did you use them to honor me and to bring me glory and so that others might see your good deeds and praise your Father which is in heaven? Now Jesus in another place had told the parable of, of a servant and his master and, and the different talents that were given. There's a master who went away to a far country and he left his goods in the hands of several servants. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two talents, to another he gave one talent. And then one day the audit came and the master came home and he said, what did you do with the five talents I gave you. And he says, I took your five talents, I invested it, and now there are 10. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Now how about you that I gave two talents to? And he says, oh, I took it and I did the best I could with it and I doubled it as well. Blessed are you. 
more responsibility shall be given you. And the one that he gave one to, he said, oh, I knew that you're a hard master. So I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't do anything with it. I just took it and I buried it in the ground. And he says, you wicked servant, the least you could have done. It wasn't your money. Why were you afraid of me? Couldn't you have at least put it in the bank and gained some interest from it? So take that which was in his possession and take it away from him and cast him out. So it's interesting that the Lord says there is an audit coming. There is a day of accountability that is coming. He wants us to understand that he gives to us gifts, talents, uh, resources, abilities, uh, privileges. They are to honor him and to bless him and the weight of his glory. Let me ask you this and be honest. I know we're supposed to treat everybody exactly the same, right? But reality check. Let's say you, you have uh, a friend and this friend comes to you and for some reason they like you. There's something about you that they just think is cute or you are funny or, and, and they are a billionaire. They are a billionaire. And would you, now I'm, let me ask you the question. If you had a multi, multi-billionaire who counted you one of their dearest, closest friends, would you treat them any differently uh, than somebody that you knew that had nothing really at all? I think the honest answer is you would treat them differently. You would treat them differently because of the weight. You couldn't take them lightly. You would be careful around them. You honor them and their friendship and you are treating them because, and I'm using obviously a human analogy, and the reason I do, and I know it falls down at some point, is Jesus is using a very worldly financial analogy, but he's teaching a spiritual principle. In this case, the truth of the matter is all of us would treat a multi-multi-billionaire who is our friend very carefully. We would honor the fact that this guy has so much money that even in a worldly sense, if I crossed him, he could hire the best lawyers and run me out on a rail. And if I befriend him and am nice to him, well, then that could be, have some tremendous benefits. All right, take this flawed human analogy and now multiply billions into the, the galaxies, into the universe, into almighty God. Who, who you cannot even be measured in the weight of gold or of silver and the heaviness, should we not treat him differently? You know, sometimes people, they, they're almost flippant the way they treat God. They do not treat him with the deep awe and reverence, the glory, the weight, the power, the accountability that he is due. And uh, it's very important that we do honor him and bless him. Now, um, when you see yourself as the bondservant of Jesus Christ, it is very obvious everything I have, including my own life and self, belongs to the Lord. Amen? Do you see that? Do you really believe that? Do you really recognize that? Talk about accountability. There's two scriptures I want to read uh, with you out loud. First Corinthians chapter 3. When Paul was writing to the church of Corinth, because it was a Greek city with a Greek background and they really did not have the same Jewish roots, uh, they did not have that reverence or that awe. They had been very flippant with gods and goddesses and lived a very uh, 
fleshly existence. Paul was seeking to bring them a deeper level of accountability, and he brought some really powerful insights and truths. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. Let's read this scripture out loud. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as by fire. Our good deeds are one day going to be tried. There's an audit coming. We'll come before God and and our whole lives will be tested by fire. Fire is the presence of God. Somehow our lives will go through this fiery test. And if there's anything, and notice the things that survive that are rewarded are like gold, which has the most weight, silver, which has the next most weight, gold and silver and something precious. There's a heaviness. If our lives uh, were, and our works were filled with selfishness and greed and compromise, that becomes what? Wood, hay, and stubble. It's burned up, becomes ash, light, and flies away. Saved, because you're not saved by your works, nor do you lose your salvation by the lack of them, uh, but as through fire. I like to remind people of, uh, for instance, the one that will have a very brief (laughs) little moment of testing is the thief on the cross. Now this guy, talk about, he didn't have very much time to do any good works. He just said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then he died, right? Next thing you know is there he is. He's going to be like a, you know, when you turn on the the barbecue and the flames come up really high and just like poof, and there will be hardly anything left, but he's he's going to walk in. A little charcoal, a little blackened, but he'll get into heaven. But there's no works really to reward him. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. Let's read this out loud. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men but we are well known to God, and I also trust are well known in your consciences. I believe that God uses financial circumstances to get an individual's attention. If not everything from his servant, as he is the master, is known in the heart of the servant that it's all mine, God will use financial circumstances so that you will discover it's not mine, but it is the Lord's. What God can do for an individual, God can do for a nation, or God can do for a generation, or God can do for the entire world. As we've seen uh, the world economy shrink, God has the world's undivided attention. Do we worship money and the economy, or do we worship the true and the living God and honor Him? Pastor Ray Bentley, important insights today on the importance of honoring God. Glad you've joined us here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled Honoring the Father. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com.
There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo, three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.